0: Radio Theater Project. Radio Theater Theater Project. A radio drama series series featuring comedy, science fiction, and mystery. Mystery. Mystery.
1: Old stories and new.
2: Radio Theater Project. Theater of the Mind for today. Crime Thrillers presents the mysterious Madame Sarah. In the dark days of the 1930s, there was a woman praying on the week, A wicked lady who went by the name of Madame Sarah. This time, it's The Rise of the Wicked Woman, based on the stories by L.T. Mead and Robert Eustace, adapted for radio by Heather Elliott.
3: What do you think of New York City, Mrs. Selby? I'm sure it's quite different from your home in Brazil.
0: It's lovely, Mr. Drews. My husband tried to describe what America was like, but I'm afraid Jack failed miserably.
4: You ain't seen anything spectacular here, Beatrice. Not till we finish the repairs in the old estate, anyway. The country along the
3: Hudson's beautiful in the fall.
0: Mr. Drews, it's been several weeks. Have you heard anything about my half-brother?
3: I'm doing all I can. I put ads in the newspapers and... All the branches of my investigation firm have strict orders to keep their eyes open for any news of Henry Silva.
0: Last I heard, he was very ill and was somewhere here in Manhattan. We must find him quickly.
4: I wish this crazy problem was over. Think. Beatrice, Edith, and Silva's uncle leaves all his money in estate to whoever of the three survives the others.
5: B, where are you? Outside, Edith. B, please come with me to visit Madam Sarah tomorrow. I can't. Jack and I are going to a Broadway show. Mr. Druce, will you come? You seem to have a nice time visiting with Madam Sarah on the cruise home.
3: I did promise I'd stop in.
5: Will you come with me tomorrow?
3: Of course I will. From all your praise, Miss Dallas, I expected the shop to be bigger than this.
5: Sarah does most of her work in her house, Mr. Druce. The shop doesn't have to be large. Do you know where we are? We're on the threshold of a magician's cave. There's no one like her.
3: Then why are you afraid of her? How do you know that?
6: Edith, how delightful! You kept your word and brought Mr. Druce with you. I'm going to show him some of the mysteries of my trade. (laughs) But understand, sir, that I won't tell you any of my real secrets. It's clear you're curious about me, so I'll tell you just a few.
3: What makes you think that I want to know about you?
6: Knowledge is power, Mr. Druse. Don't refuse what I'm willing to give. Edith, I want you to wait in the shop while I show Mr. Druse the rooms. All right, I'll be here. Come with me, Mr. Druse. Look around this room. The only light is from the roof, and the door locks automatically.
3: Is that perfume?
6: (laughs) Isn't it lovely? Remarkable. Over on this table, I keep some supplies for my work.
3: Concave and plain mirrors, brushes, sprays, sponges, bottles of ointments and salves. You have quite a collection here.
6: Thank you. There's more.
3: Your clients sit here, facing the table. The chair resembles a dentist's chair.
6: Very similar, yes.
3: You even have lenses and reflectors to concentrate the light beams.
6: I'm quite impressed with your knowledge, Mr. Drews.
3: You seem to have everything here, madam.
6: Thank you. Shall we move on? Here is another room of mine.
3: It looks like an operating room At the hospital.
6: So it is. On a smaller scale for minor corrections.
3: I hardly would have thought that you were...
6: Are a doctor? Yes. Perhaps a quack in the eyes of some.
3: You have quite the collection of surgical instruments.
6: That's for administering chloroform and ether. I wouldn't dream of doing a small surgery without putting my client at ease first. I see. These are my secrets. And it's by these I live and flourish. Let us go back.
7: So
3: what do you think, Druce? Am I being a good host? Certainly, Selby. It's a nice change from
4: all
6: Oh, but the... excuse
4: me. I, I see somebody I gotta talk
3: with.
6: Mr. Drews, I'm pleased to see you tonight.
3: Oh, you look stunning, madam Sarah.
6: <laughs> you flatter me. Madam Sarah. One moment, Mr. Druce. Don't come to me tomorrow. Get into the country as soon as you can. We're leaving in two days. Good. It's the best thing for you right now. Thank you. Mr. Druce, there was someone else I need to talk with. Good evening, then. Is she not divine?
3: Then you're not afraid of her tonight?
5: I fear her more than ever. She's cast a spell on me and I can't get away.
3: Uh, she makes me uncomfortable. Your uncle left you a lot of money when he died, and strange things happen where millions are concerned.
5: Perhaps, but I don't think Madame is interested in that. Oh, I look forward to leaving for the country and putting all this trouble behind me. It's been a long three months since we arrived in Manhattan.
0: Edith, you look much better this morning. Were you able to
5: sleep? Yes, B. Your party last night was lovely, but I can hardly wait to move to the country. The fresh air will calm my nerves. Yeah,
4: it'll be relaxing. The old place is beautiful.
5: Brazil was lovely, but Manhattan is new and, and, and different. different. Ow. Ow! 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 It is. What's oh. the matter? I feel really ill. I need to lay down. Ow. 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 Dad, please do something! Oh, She's in nurse. so much pain!
3: I'll go please call a doctor! Stop. Thanks for coming, Druce. I came as soon as you called. Is Edith really dead?
4: It was so fast. I can hardly believe it. Doc Osborne, what happened? How'd she die?
8: Sudden and violent. She was able to tell me she ate nothing but breakfast. Then she died. I can't be sure, but I think it's poison. Poison?
3: My good friend Eric Vandeleur specializes in toxicology. With the police department. Any good? The best. I'll ask him to come.
6: Mr. Druce! Mr. Druce!
3: Madam Sarah.
6: I just heard the news about poor Edith Dallas.
3: Well, Then you know she died suddenly this morning.
6: Yes, I'm terribly shocked. Do you know what happened?
3: I can't say anything, ma'am. Since I'm connected to this officially.
6: Then she didn't die naturally. How appalling.
3: I swear she smiled when she heard Edith Dallas was dead. Could that woman be connected? I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Henry Silva, I'm Dixon and This is Jack Selby and Dr. Eric Vandeleur. I got a telegram that said you were back from the Amazon.
8: So you've come, Mr. Druce. What do you want me for?
3: Then you haven't heard.
8: Heard what? Good heavens! You mean
9: my sisters? Are they alive? Edith died a week ago, on the 29th of July.
8: I've killed her! I've killed her with my stupidity! (coughs) What are you talking about? I'm too late. I've been searching for Edith and Beatrice in Brazil for the last two months.
3: What? You haven't been in New York at all then?
8: No, I've just returned a few days ago. I saw your ad in the paper, Mr. Drews, and I sent for you immediately. (laughs) What happened? I am, or was, a heavy gambler. I found myself owing thousands to a Brazilian man by the name of José Aranjo. To save myself, I struck up a bargain. He would get half a million dollars out of my inheritance if I would survive my two sisters. That's ludicrous. I thought I was going to die. I didn't think anything of it until after the deal was signed and notarized. (laughs) I discovered that this Arado fellow was known for poisoning people without a trace. (laughs) You put your sister's lives at stake to save yourself? Calm down, Jack. I have an aneurysm of the heart and will be dead in a month. You must do everything to protect your wife, Mr. Selby. I can't live knowing I killed them both.
3: (laughs) Beatrice isn't dead yet. Is a Ranho fellow? Does he know a woman who calls herself Madam Sarah?
8: Know her? They were the best of friends. She has secrets. Even a doesn't know. (laughs)
3: That woman is here in Manhattan. Yeah, it doesn't transpire. Can you have Madam Sarah arrested, Jack? Uh, I could try.
9: Jack, has Beatrice seen her for anything?
3: Yeah, but not since Edith died.
0: Jack, what's wrong? Mr. Drews, Dr. Vandeler, what are you doing here at my house?
9: We found Silva, Mrs. Selvie, this is very important. Have you sought any sort of medical advice since you arrived in Manhattan?
0: Why, yes. I had a tooth filled because it ached. So did Edith. We went together last month.
9: May I examine the tooth?
0: Certainly. This one here on the bottom. Uh
9: uh. Uh-huh. Yes. Ah <laughs> hell? you remember tooth out! <laughs> and saved her life, no doubt. This filling is packed with a violent poison. The same that killed her sister a week ago.
0: Oh <laughs> horrible
3: You went to Madame Sarah for your tooth. Isn't that right, Miss Selby?
0: Yeah, we did. Do you mean that, Madame Sarah? (laughs)
4: Fred Sobey, Dixon's gonna have her
3: arrested.
4: Thank you, Mr. Druce, for your testimony before the grand jury. This brings us to the accused, Madame Sarah. Are you acquainted with this Jose Aranjo, who was previously mentioned?
6: I have spoken with him, yes, but would hardly be known as a friend to the likes of him.
4: From the testimony of Dr. Vandeleur, Miss Dallas died from poison that was inserted into her tooth by means of the filling. Have you done any dentistry since your return to Manhattan?
6: No. The two men I hired in Brazil worked with all my dental clients.
4: The poison filling was inserted at your shop. What do you say to that?
6: It must have been put there by those two Brazilians. After a few weeks, I suspected they were in the pay of Mr. Aranjo, and I just fired them the other day. Mr. Druce, I suppose you are surprised no charges were brought against me in poor Edith's death.
3: I sure am.
6: Perhaps you should stick with looking for people and stop accusing them, hmm?
3: Ingenious way to murder someone. I must hand it to you. No one would connect a dentist appointment to a mysterious death a month later.
6: You are quite stubborn, Mr. Druse.
3: Tell me, how much did Aranjo promise to split with you to murder Mrs. Selby and her sister? Half? A third?
6: I already said I had suspicions the men I hired were working for Mr. Aranjo.
3: Yet, you told no one.
6: Well, that's our little secret. Have a good afternoon, Mr. Druse. Remember, If you ever decide to slow the hands of time, come visit me. I can do wonders. Good day, gentlemen.
7: Really, Antonia, I don't see what all the fuss is about. You can go into New York City any time you want. But I want to go tomorrow.
10: I'm sorry. We're too busy. You know I'm getting the house ready for our engagement party coming up. We're too busy, and I don't want you to go alone.
0: Your friend. Mr. Druce said he needed to check in at his office tomorrow. He
7: can come with me, George. George, you can't let that girl run all over the city with another man. You simply cannot allow it. Please, George.
10: Oh, all right, but only if Druce goes with you.
7: Oh, thank you, George. I'll go ask him. George! You're letting her wander around the city with a stranger?
10: Oh, stop it, sis. I love Tony and like to see her happy. And Dixon Drews is not a stranger. We've been friends for years.
7: I can't imagine what you were thinking, becoming engaged to a penniless orphan girl like her.
10: (laughs) Maybe I wasn't thinking, but this is the best thing I've ever done.
0: Thanks for coming with me, Mr. Drews.
3: Not a problem, Tony. Where do you want me to meet you after you're done visiting your friend?
0: At the train station is fine. Mr. Druce, have you heard of Madame Sarah?
3: Yes, and I hope you have nothing to do with her.
0: Well, I've known her for most of my life. My late guardian, Mrs. Strudley, knew her too, and I love her very much. She's wonderful and kind. She's the friend I'm going to visit. She'll help me. What's wrong? It must be done. I've put it off too long. When I marry George, he won't be disappointed.
3: I don't know what you're talking about, Tony.
0: Never mind. You'll see soon. I should only be an hour, maybe two.
3: And then I'll meet you at the station in two hours. I think I'll visit a friend of
9: mine, too. Dixon Drews, what a surprise. It's good to see you, Eric. Come in, come in. What brings you here? I've been meaning to call.
3: Well, the past week I've been staying with George Rowland at his summer home in the Catskills. He invited me to spend a few weeks until his wedding to Antonia Ripley. Is that right? What do you think of her? She's a nice girl, and it's very clear they're head over heels in love with each other.
9: Have you noticed anything peculiar about her? Any habit that you've seen of hers? That's a strange question, Eric. The only thing that
3: strikes me as odd about Tony is that she absolutely refuses to wear any dress that doesn't have a high neckline. But the girl isn't ashamed to stick to her guns. You should see how ruffled
9: Mrs. Kennedy gets about it. Mrs. Kennedy? George Rowland's older sister. Ah, I see. Tony's probably under a lot of stress to act like a cafe society gal. Hmm, it's not much to go on. You said she won't change her mind about it?
3: Absolutely. Well, she did promise to wear a dress with a lower neckline to the engagement party. That's a week before the wedding.
9: Has Tony ever talked about Madame Sarah? She
3: just did. On the train coming into Manhattan. She's at the shop right now.
9: Why? Is something wrong? Yes and no. She's safe for now, but there's something up Madam Sarah's sleeve and Tony is going to be her next victim.
3: What can Madame Sarah have to do with Tony? She's a penniless orphan.
9: There's one thing I can think of. Has George said anything lately about the pearl necklace? No. What pearls? It's an heirloom pearl necklace his family got as war loot after the Battle of Agincourt in France in the year 1415. It's been in the family for over 500 years and worth as much as $3,000 for each pearl. And there's 80 pearls. The historical value of the necklace is priceless. So what about the pearls? I hear he's having the necklace refit so that it will fit Tony better, as well as having a new clasp put on. He's also keeping the pearls in a safe at his house. How do you know all this? I haven't heard a thing. Anything to do with Madame Sarah is my business. And the pearls... What about the pearls? An Italian family, distant family of the original owners from the year 1415, are in the process of buying the pearls back. Tony is going to wear them for her wedding like family tradition dictates, and then the pearls are getting sent back to the original family. You think
3: Madame Serra is trying to get the pearls, don't you? Should I tell Rowland?
9: No, no. The less people who know, the better chance we have to catch her in the act. Keep an eye on Antonia Ripley, and let me know immediately if anything makes you suspicious or uneasy.
3: Are you in any sort of pain, Tony? You're much quieter since your visit to Madame Sarah.
0: Not much pain. You're a good man, Mr. Druce, and I think I ought to tell you. Will you keep it a secret? Certainly. I won't wear dresses with a low neckline, because I have a mole on my neck. A big, ugly, brown mole. My doctor won't remove it because he says it's right over an artery, and trying to remove it could cause a very dangerous hemorrhage.
3: So you've gone to Madame Sarah to have it removed?
0: She said she could do it without leaving a scar. She gave me some chloroform and removed the mole. My neck is bandaged up and it smarts a little. She told me I can't take the bandage off until she sees me again, but she's very pleased with the results.
9: I'm sure she is. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when he pulled out a gun, of all things.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Your friend Eric is a fantastic storyteller. I'm so glad you convinced me to invite him. (laughs) Always entertaining, even
3: on the job. Uh,
6: Mr. Druce!
3: Madam Sarah, I didn't see you there.
6: I know why you are here with your police friend. You're both here to spy on me. But understand this. There is danger when you interfere with my plans. Have a pleasant evening.
3: What was that about, Drews? Don't mind her. We've met before. And I regret it.
10: What do you think of my house here, (laughs) Drews? Well, it's a mansion. George! Oh, you want an answer, don't you? All right, my love. Yes, just for you. I'll make an exception to the family tradition.
0: What will Mrs. Kennedy say? Will you let me wear them even if she's angry?
10: I don't care if she is angry. I promise you can wear them, Tony.
0: Oh, thank you.
3: What was that about?
10: (laughs) The pearls. She insists on wearing the pearls for the engagement party. No one's ever been allowed to wear them for anything except the wedding ceremony.
3: Yes, well... Have you seen my friend Eric Vandeleur anywhere?
10: Oh, that's right. I was supposed to tell you. He went into town this morning. He'll be back by dinner.
9: Drews, are you here? On the balcony. Well, everything is just fine. What do you mean? That nurse woman that the madam has with her. As soon as I saw her, I had a bad feeling about her. So you looked her up in the police records? Exactly. You won't believe what I found about her. But I won't tell you now, it's not the right time. Don't worry about Tony, she's safe, and the pearls are, too. Now why did you drag me to Mary's room? The engagement part is tomorrow. To find the truth about Madame Sarah from her servant. You got Mary tied to a chair. What's the meaning of this, Eric? Her name is Rebecca Kurt, and she has a record. Would you like to explain Miss Kurt, or shall I? Well, she was arrested for forgery and an attempt at poisoning. Poison. Last year, Miss Kurt escaped from prison, coincidentally the same day Madame Sarah visited her. Your knowledge of crime is quite extensive, isn't it, Miss Kurt? She has 11 years left on her sentence, but she's nicely agreed to help us in our problem with Madame Sarah, Antonia, and the very expensive Pearls. I'm going to remove the gag now. You forced me? Never mind that. Just tell us everything you can.
1: Madam knows a secret about Antonia Ripley, about her parents.
9: What are the names?
1: C. C. Count Gioletti, in in Italian. He was unhappily married and, and stabbed his English wife to death when Antonia was three years old. A was executed for his crime. The child was adopted by an English woman who raised her. Madame Sarah was there at the trial, and it was arranged that Antonio would never be told a real name in history.
9: This is quite interesting, isn't it, Druce? Yes. And so it appears that Tony is being blackmailed by Madame Sarah. Finish your story.
1: Mm, Miss... Miss Ripley, had a large mount on her neck, just, just below the throat. She was put under chloroform and the operation was done in a room with a red light. Madame wrote something on her neck. That the words were very small and neatly done. They formed the shape of a cross.
9: Tell me what they said.
1: It said, I am the daughter of Paolo Gioletti, who was executed for the murder of my mother.
9: How were the words written?
1: With nitrate of silver. You fiend!
9: Once exposed to the regular sunlight, that stuff eats into the flesh. It's permanent.
1: She has a chance to keep her secret. Madam, At a large blood-red cross pendant made that will cover the words exactly. Antonia Ripley is to wear this tomorrow night.
3: It isn't
9: like Madam Sarah to hide her handiwork.
1: The necklace comes as a reward.
9: I see it now. Madam threatens to keep the blood red cross unless Tony hands over the pearl necklace.
1: Yes, that's the why it's supposed to go.
9: So, how's the
10: party, Dr. Vandeleur? Very nice. Hey, you're a cop yourself. I prefer the term police toxicologist, <laughs> or doctor. <laughs> By the way, thanks for your help with the- <gasps> Tony, you, you look stunning. Oh, George! Kiss
0: me once before we part, please!
10: We're not going to be parted, my dear. And and what's that hideous necklace you're wearing? A a blood-red cross? It looks horrible with your dress. Come over here and put the pearls on instead.
0: No! No, you can't take it off.
9: You can take it off, Tony. It's safe.
0: Friends, I won't hide anything. I can't keep this on my conscience.
9: What are you talking about?
0: Madam Sarah said I could hide it with this ugly cross pendant if I gave her the pearls. I was going to, but I looked in your face, George, and I couldn't do it. Look, Madam Sarah wrote right here on my neck. See for yourself. Now you'll understand who I really am.
9: I I, I don't see anything, Tony.
0: The light will make it show up.
9: Tony, you've suffered enough. Nothing's there. I found out about the plan and stopped it. You have? What, what plan? While you were asleep for the surgery, Madam Sarah wrote those terrible words on your throat in silver nitrate. Silver mm-hmm. nitrate? Madam Sarah's servant, Rebecca Kurt, of uh, Mary, decided that things would go better for her if she helped me. So this afternoon, she washed your neck with potassium cyanide. It acts as an antidote and neutralizes the effects of what that horrible woman has done. This just doesn't make any sense, Eric. What are you both talking about? Madame Sarah is trying to blackmail Tony. Her plan is to get the pearl necklace in exchange for the blood red cross that would hide the words written on your fiancé's skin. But the plan has failed. What words?
0: You must know my secret, George. I can't live with it. You may never speak to me again, but you must know. Come with me to the study and I'll tell you.
3: And that's the entire story, Mrs. Kennedy.
7: I can't believe that such an awful thing happened. And right here in my house, too.
3: Well, let's not think about it right now. Wasn't George and Tony's wedding lovely?
7: Yes, it was. I must admit, strictly confidential, that Antonia looked angelic the night of the party, wearing the pearl necklace. But don't tell my brother I said that. He won't believe that his grumpy, widowed sister would have such a soft side.
3: <laughs> Don't worry. I won't say a word.
7: Has your police friend found anything more about that awful Madame Sarah?
3: Nothing. She vanished the night of the party. The only thing she left behind was her servant Rebecca Kurt and the necklace with the blood-red cross.
2: Crime thrillers presented the mysterious Madame Sarah in The Rise of the Wicked Woman. Based on the stories of L.T. Mead and Robert Eustace. Adapted for radio by Heather Elliott. Starring Rebecca Murray as Madam Sarah, Roy Nessel as Dixon Druce, and Reed Thompson as Eric Vandalur. In the cast were Tori Gwisenberry as B. Selby, Dave Anderson as Jack Selby, Tristan Johnson as Edith Dallas, Jessica Wagner as Tony Ripley, Dave Johnson as George Rowland, Irma Bod as Mrs. Kennedy, Claudia Cimini as Rebecca Kurt, and other parts played by James Anderson. I'm your announcer, Anne Bodle-Nash. Dialogue, editing, and sound design, Jay Charles. Production assistant, Bobby Wiley. Theme music, Danse Macabre, performed by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Directed by Dave Johnson, recording engineer, Juan Arguin, Recording technician Carla Ayala, produced by Joseph C. McGuire, recorded at KSVR Studios in Mount Vernon, Washington. This is a Radio Theater Project presentation.
3: This program is supported with a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.